This is Rugger Matrix America College Edition. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is Alex Goff with RugbyMag.com. We're not joined by Bruce McLean this time around because Bruce actually has a day job, unlike the rest of us, so that uh, he has to go pay the bills. And uh, so it's just going to be me and Pat Clifton this week talking a little bit about uh, college rugby. And we actually we have a guest. We're very excited to have a guest on the show. First of all, Pat Clifton, all the way from Kansas City. You back in Kansas City or are you still stuck in Georgia? I am back in Kansas City, and the the weather is lovely here. That's good. Where it was not lovely in Georgia, and actually you and Bruce were in the same town at the same game. That was way too much uh, manliness for Georgia. <laughs> we both had to get out of there. That's true. Well, we uh, have a, a great guest uh, for us today, and that is the head coach of Bowling Green State University, Tony Mazzarella, uh, the the number one ranked team in Division One in college. And Tony, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me on. Well, we appreciate you taking the time. I know you've got to run off to practice uh, after we talk, so we don't want to keep you going, keep you here too long. But we did, did want to talk to you a little bit about some stuff going on. And first of all, Bowling Green's been ranked number one in the Rugby Mag uh, Division One rankings pretty much the entire season. And uh, wanted to see how things are looking. Uh, you, you you looked like didn't seem to me that you were challenged all that much for being the top ranked team so far. Um, and I, I want to see, want to get your thoughts as to how the team's looking, having taken the winter break and just getting started playing again. So you can uh, um, get into the playoffs. Um, the team's actually looking pretty good. Uh, we obviously just played uh, Buffalo, um, you know, up in Cleveland and had a pretty good result there. Um, you know, we're, Anxiously awaiting uh, some of our injured players to come back, most notably Rocco, uh, Rocco Mauer. That is, um, you know, his uh, his rehab has been going pretty well. Uh, we're looking at a mid, uh, early to mid uh, April return for him. Uh, you know, obviously some light duty uh, when he does get back, but uh, you know, give him some preparation in time for nationals. Um, we unfortunately just had a little bit of a uh, a back set uh, with our. Uh, uh, Dan Grimm, who was the MVP of the uh, conference championship, uh, unfortunately suffered a, a hernia, uh, sports hernia, and he's going to have to on that. Um, and uh, so we're going to have to uh, make sure that we get him back as uh, quickly as possible. But uh, the, team's looking, the team's looking pretty good. Uh, you know, we feel pretty confident, and uh, if, uh, things hold well. We, we hope we're in a pretty good shape come uh, you know April 30th. Well, that's a tough break uh, for Dan, uh, although a sports hernia, while painful, is something you can come back from uh, if treated correctly. Uh, the the game against Buffalo, now Buffalo we had ranked number six, mm-hmm. and and you you pretty much took care of that game. Uh, well, I don't know if we'd say the word dominated, but you won fairly comfortably. Uh, with that mm-hmm. in mind... I mean, is, is, do you think that's a fair reflection on where things are right now, or is that? I mean, it's hard to tell still because it's early days, especially for the the Buffalo team. Yeah, uh, you know, they had to travel a little bit farther than us. It was uh, not the most ideal conditions. Uh, you know, the field field was fair. Uh, you know, there wasn't too um, too sloppy. Uh, you know, um, we had hoped to play uh, on an, on a turf field, but that unfortunately didn't happen. Um, so we did end up playing on a regular field, and you know, obviously uh, this this time of year fields just are not uh, in the most optimum shape. So uh, you know, I think that played a little bit into uh, our end. Uh, we were a little bit heavier than they were in the in the forwards, and uh, and that let us uh, run a little bit more on them, especially in the first half. Uh, they 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 actually mounted a, a good uh, second half against us. Uh, they were pu- they were pushing us. Uh, uh, in the scrum, our scrum got a little bit, uh, a little floppy, um, and uh, you know they were pushing us around a little bit. So uh, we had to go back and look at some film and figure out why that was. Uh, you know they, uh, you know I think I don't think the score you know a- really accurately showed how well they played. Uh, I know they were also uh, suffering some injuries, and I think their number ten was uh, was out. Uh, I think his name is Andy Dixon. So I know that uh, when you, you're going with your second or third string fly half, that can make a, a pretty good impact on uh, how well you're doing. 
so, you know, it was a fair assessment, but uh, I, I think Buffalo is a, a little bit better than what the score really, what they really showed, especially in the second half. Tony, what I wanted to ask you is to talk to you about is the, uh, the college premier division. Um, everybody looks at, uh, you know, I, I was talking to somebody, I think it was John Seattle from Temple, um, and if they win, they got you in the first round. He said, well, if we win our league, we get to play a, a college premier division team, and he said it jokingly. Um, but, you know, as everybody knows, you guys were extended an invite and uh, opted not to do it. And uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, I've probably speculated more than anybody um, why you guys decided not to do it. But why don't you just tell us, you know, why you opted to stay in D1 and, and if you win the table, if you win the uh, national championship this year and run the table, you think that the college premier division is something you'd like to uh, enter next year? Uh, yeah, let me, uh, you know, talk about exactly what happened uh, as we were going through, you know, the decision. Um you know, uh, we were not. Uh, you know, we were aware that there was some movement about the uh, about the Premier Division. Uh, we didn't really understand what the procedure was. Uh, we were, you know, we were not contacted by anybody. And obviously, I know that wasn't the exact procedure. It was more of, do you want to play or not? Um, we had expressed interest. Um, the meeting that was held, I believe, in Utah uh, during the high school championships, uh, we were not uh, able to, to attend, uh, which is kind of where most of this, uh, I believe, most of the formations of the divisions and, and, uh, and the conferences uh, were, were kind of hashed out. Um, like I said, we had expressed an interest. Um, where, where we would have preferred to go would have been the east. Uh, you know, the travel would have been much, much lighter. Uh, and uh, when that wasn't an option, uh, the only other spot that was going to be left open was going to be in the, I guess, what is considered the Mid-South. Um, we looked into it as, as much as we possibly could. Um, we factored in, you know, plane flights and uh, obviously bus trips, you know, which would have been, you know, maybe to, uh, Tennessee would have been about the only one outside of uh, Notre Dame uh, that would not have been a flight. Um, and we also factored in some other things such as, okay, what do we do with our you know, second and third sides? Uh, you know, when we're gone, are they going to, are we going to be able to get games for them? Um, do we have the support to do it? Um, do we have the in- infrastructure to do it? And, uh, when we put all the, you know, the dollars and cents into it, uh, playing in, at least in that conference, uh, just was not going to be a logistic, uh, reality for us, uh, we, you know, we certainly wanted to do it, um, you know, I, I, but in order to be competitive, uh, I don't think we had the funding to, to do it the right way. Um, and what I mean by the right way is that, you know, okay, yes, you can travel, but it's how you travel. You know, can you afford to, you know, go down a day early so you, you know, you're not uh, getting off a plane um, and going right to a hotel, sleeping on the hotel, going right into a game? Um, and then flying home, you know, is, is that going to be, give us a competitive advantage or, or help us be competitive? And, uh, with the teams that are in, certainly we looked at the teams that are in there, um, you know, Life and, and, uh, Arkansas State are certainly some of the best teams, uh, in the country right now. Um, and, you know, we said, you know, we didn't think we could really compete against those types of teams with the, with the smaller budget that we had. Do we think we can compete with them on a, you know, on a one-off uh, chance? Yeah, I think we have a, you know, decent shot of being competitive in the game against those two teams. But when you talk about the overall travel of the league, you know, I just didn't, we just didn't think that uh, we had the funding and you know that would enable us to be competitive throughout that season. And in terms of next year, I mean, not much of that changes, I would guess, unless they extend you an invite to the East instead of the Mid South. Um, but with the Mid-South being down a team compared to the East, uh, does any of that change next year? If, if you guys win, uh, would you consider, you know, going back to the South, the Mid-South? Well, we, uh, we've always, I think we're constantly considering it. Um, we are constantly, you know, trying to work out the funding to do it in either situation. Um, you know, it certainly wouldn't be, you know, uh, it, it wouldn't be uh, that much le- uh, that much less expensive to uh, travel in the east, but it would be, you know, you're talking about much less plane flights, which also reduces the travel time as well. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we want to be in, you know, as high a competitive, uh, league that we possibly can. Um, you know, if things change, uh, you know, where the, where the teams are a little bit more evenly spaced out where, you know, and, and then this is just speculation. If, 
you know, say Ohio State were to go into the Mid-South with us and Notre Dame and possibly, I don't know, you know, with Davenport University team, that's always a possibility. But, you know, they're obviously down a, a, a team as it is. So we're always, you know, we are looking into it as much as we can. Uh, we are trying to get the funding as much as we can. Uh, we are, you know, we're talking to the university about what it would take to uh, be in this league and be competitive. And then we're, uh, we obviously have to go to our alumni and say, well, we, we need to step up the efforts on that and uh, to, to be able to do this. Um, our alumni actually questioned our decision as well, uh, a lot, along with a lot of other people. They asked why we weren't going to compete against, you know, uh, the better teams. And, you know, we said, well, we need more funding. <laughs> so, uh, and they're, and they're, they've responded and said, you know, what, what will it take to get you into this? And, uh, you know, we, we're, constant, we're working with them to see, okay, let's see if this is a possibility for us to do this. And uh, I don't think we'll know that, uh, you know, for a few more months now, but uh, I think it's something that we're looking heavily into and uh, we're trying to find solutions to. Tony, one of the issues or one of the things brought up by coaches within the CPD is that uh, in a lot of cases the university has gotten behind uh, the program, not necessarily with dollars and cents, although that might happen too, but in terms of just getting more excited about rugby on campus, that it that it helps legitimize uh, the sport a little bit more. Uh, there's a, there's the converse to that, I guess, is um, a team like Bowling Green decides not to go in, uh, and then the college premier division gets a little bit more exposure, and and you know maybe down the road they see a couple of the games on TV, things like that. Did did you get did you do you feel like the administration at Bowling Green now feels like they'll, they they're more inclined to help you because because they've seen what the CPD is all about? Uh, you know, I I'd have to say I, I don't think so, um, and and I don't know if they're just not aware of it uh, or if it's. Um, you know, they're just looking at it as us being competitive one way or the other. Um, you know, in terms of the exposure, uh, I think we've always had a pretty healthy uh, relationship with the university. Uh, I do believe it is getting that much better. And I, and I think that's, you know, something down the road where we can, you know, look at that and say, yeah, now we can compete in this league because the university is going to support us in that. Um you know, do is, is it to the level that I would I would like? Well, you know, I would like us to be a varsity sport, and I get paid you know lots of money, and that, that's just the way it would be. But um, you know, finances that you know just about any college right now probably don't really warrant that at this time, um, and certainly not at Bowling Green right now. Um, but you know, I, I think that uh, what we're trying to do is get uh, a, a following within the campus that much bigger. Um, most people on campus, as much as they, you know, they hear rugby, they, they hear the rugby team doing very well. They don't really follow it to the point of understanding the game, understanding what is really going on in within USA rugby, within the college game. Um, they just, you know, we need to get them involved in us uh, first and foremost. Um, get you know more and more people out to our games, and then you know as that as that actually comes into play. Yes. Okay. Now we need to, you know, be at that higher level so they understand that we're playing at, you know, we're playing as high a level of rugby as we possibly can. I don't think um, most people at the, you know, within the uh, administration at the university, obviously the student body, really understand exactly what's happening with, you know, between either D1 or Premier League. Um, what we're looking for is that much more cooperation from them from a more of a logistical point. Um, and that really comes down to, you know, them uh, allowing us to use the soccer stadium to host uh, nationals this year. That was a big step forward. Uh, we didn't have that originally, but, um, you know, I think that shows that, okay, the university is actually showing an interest in it. Um, you know, to your point where, okay, why they're going to start asking, well, why aren't we in this premier division? Well, then that then we can turn around and, and say, well, this is kind of what we factored in, how much it's going to cost, and you know, then it kind of goes on them to hopefully get us, uh, you know, the financing to do that. Obviously, we're, we're working on it on our own to get it to, to that point, but any help from the university might, uh, I, I think, might, you know, lessen the uh, the stress on our alumni and ourselves as well. 
Tony, I also wanted to talk to you about the uh, the restructure as it pertains to all of college rugby and not just the college premier division. Um, you know, there in the Midwest, I'm sure you have friends throughout the uh, different coaching ranks, D1, D2, college premier division. Um, what, you know, how do you see it shaking out and how do you see it already starting to shake out with the formation of conferences? And let's start at the division one level. Um, I know you guys have had a you know long entrenched the Midwest, East and the Midwest, West, different areas of the country a little bit different. But there are going to be some teams, and I don't have them in front of me. Um, but maybe tell me, are there some teams that are going to be affected by this? If your Division One football team, if your football team is Division One, then if you want to be playoff eligible, you have to move up to Division One. Are there some teams there in your area that are going to deal with that possibility? And how are you guys starting to deal with it, or have you started looking at it yet? Uh, yeah, certainly there's going to be a lot of teams uh, that are D1 that probably are not where they want to be as a rugby club to get to, you know, to actually compete in D1. Um, and we're trying to find out exactly what their plans are, um, you know, just to name a few, Central Michigan, um, you know, Western Michigan, those types of teams who, you know, are, are good clubs. They've, they've had a good tradition, but they just, for whatever reason, are not at that level just right now. Um, they certainly have been in the past. Uh, you know, Central Michigan's had a pretty good tradition uh, over the uh, over the uh, you know couple decades here. Um, we've had our hands full with them a few times, but uh, at this point, they're they're probably looking at it uh, to the point where what are we going to do? And we need to find out what they're going to do because you know it's going to affect what we do as a conference. Um, you know, are, are we going to have to add teams? Uh, you know, we're, we understand that uh you know with ohio state and notre dame uh in two years you know in a, not this fall but in uh, 2012 2013 um both those teams will not count towards our uh, minimum number that we have to have which i believe will be seven at that point um so we're going to have to make sure that we you know figure out what teams are going to move up um we're kind you know i'm speaking with these teams on an individual basis um, you know, the uh, I know uh, Tom Rooney, who's at Ohio State, who's also uh, part of the collegiate uh, uh, administration, uh, the, the new, newly elected collegiate administration, um, has also been talking with them to find out exactly what they, what he, you know, what they think their plans are. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're certainly going to be affected as, as to what they do. Um, you know, is going to be the question. Um, you know, as far as how I feel about the restructuring, and, and I think you were probably going to get to that question, or if you if you weren't already, <laughs> but uh, um, you know, it, I, I've got mixed uh, feelings. I I like the idea that you know putting it more on something that the American public can understand. Um, you know, I don't think anybody. Uh, you know, every time I would talk to uh, individuals who are outside of rugby on campus or or for whatever reason, um, really didn't understand, well, what is the Midwest? Okay, well, it's basically the Midwest. Um, but uh, it, it just didn't quite fit into you know, their uh, understanding of what college athletics is all about. Um, you know, there just didn't seem to be that, that conference uh, uh, mentality uh, when we talked about rugby. And I think that was a, a pretty understandably – easy solution, I guess, uh, in terms of, okay, yes, we'll just format it into a conference. However, uh, I, I think the planning for it probably could have been maybe a year outside of it, um, given uh, more and more teams an opportunity to, I guess the best, way, the best way to word it would be shop around and say, well, who are we going to be in with? Who's going to uh, run this? Who's going to um, be in charge of this, and uh, what you know. What other teams? How are we going to structure it? Are we going to have a you know a, an eight-team uh, conference? Are we going to have a ten-team or a twelve-team with two two divisions and do it that way? Um, you know, I think that could have been if we put that off uh, by a year. Uh, I, I think we could have come up with a better, uh, a more organized solution, and I think it would have benefited a lot more teams. Uh, and obviously, with the with the teams having to move up. It also would have given them a little bit more time to, you know, see where everything was going to fit in for them as well. Um, they're obviously given a little bit more time frame in terms of uh, having to move up to D1, but uh, it's still going to be a rough transition, uh, in my opinion. When you know, a couple different parts of the country, I've seen this, or I, I see the possibility for this, just talking to different coaches and different people trying to organize different leagues. I'm not going to ask you to throw out any names or schools. Of course, if you want to, we'd love to hear them. But 
you know, the political jockeying, um, perhaps a conference creates, you know, teams get together and create a conference, but they say, we don't want X and X university. We don't want X and X university for whatever reason. And mm-hmm. starting to cut them out of, of the conference building. Well, in, in that instance, the teams that are cut out then are kind of left in no man's land to go try and find another conference or get in another league. But do you see that happening? Do you, could you foresee that happening uh, in your part of the country or, or places that you've talked to or schools you've talked to, teams getting cut out that should be D1 or need to go to D1 with the new restructure if they want to be eligible for the postseason? Do you see the politics of – we all know the politics of local rugby really muddying this thing up even further? Uh, I could see it as a possibility. Uh, I can tell you I haven't, at least not at my on my personal level, I have not – Talk to or any talk to anybody about somebody not being in our conference, uh, and I haven't heard that type of uh, language from anybody. You know, any of our uh, teams, at least, uh, that are in our conference. So, um, yes, I, do I believe that it could certainly happen? Sure, it, it and I'm sure it will happen. Uh, unfortunately, um, and and I think we need to. There's got to be some provision set aside to either stop that or organize that so it doesn't you know doesn't leave teams out kind of out in the wind uh that uh need to either need to move up or forced to move up or teams that want to move up as uh you know whether even though they may not have to um so i think uh i think the best you know way to do that would probably be the you know there's got to be some conference organization um and it you know and right now i don't think there is uh to be honest I don't really know who technically is in charge of our conference right now. Um, you know, Tom Tom Rooney uh, is in charge of the Midwest still, but that's not going to be the you know that's not going to be who's in charge of our, our conference at, at some point. Um, you know, the, the territorial unions and the uh, you know the um, local unions are going to go away from that, and that's going to be I think that's going to be the toughest question is okay who's who is actually supposed to be in charge of this and uh, something else we were speaking to uh, a, a little bit ago um, with uh, some other people were okay. What is the referee situation? Um, you know, yeah. these are these are probably the tougher questions that we're we're really looking at is to who's really in charge of this and before we even get into okay, who's you know are we blackballing a team from getting into our conference or not? The question is, do we even, you know, who who is going to be put in charge of uh, these conferences? Obviously, you know, it's going to be somebody who's in the conference, uh, I would assume. But uh, to be honest, I couldn't tell you. You know, I I certainly don't have time to do it at this point. But uh, you know, that those are going to be the tough questions because you're going to have a lot more people who are, you know are going to have to be in charge of these things. I mean, factor in that. You know, there are now two conferences within the Midwest that's, you know, one extra person that has to be in charge of D1 college rugby within our territory, even though, you know, it's not really run by our territory or it won't be run by our territory within the near future. So I think those are the questions that we need to try to answer. And then, you know, yeah, we also need to put in provisions that, you know, okay, you can't block a team if they're within a certain area from entering your conference, Um, you know, things of that nature. And hopefully – you know that that gets done before it gets out of hand. So a lot of things have to be straightened out beforehand, just like they did, or they tried to do with the state-based rugby organizations on the high school level. Understand what the administrative uh, uh, policies are, and well, you've got bylaws and policies, but also how everything is put together. Uh, and I think Tony, you you talk about an issue that makes a lot of sense in terms of getting people to understand what's going on in rugby. Nobody cares about. You know, I mean, people in rugby care about it, but nobody outside of rugby really comprehends somebody winning the Eastern Penn Rugby Union, and that gets them into a playoff in the Mid-Atlantic Rugby Union. It doesn't really resonate. But if you come up with a conference and you say, we are in the Rugby Midwest Conference, and these are the teams that are in it, and they start to recognize those teams, that makes sense to them. It doesn't have to be the Big Ten. Or you know even the the we've already seen in college football uh, conferences disappear, but you know if you think about say hockey right ho- hockey isn't played all over the country in college it's played in places where they can freeze some water for the most part 
And so you have yeah. something you have something like the Atlantic Hockey Association, the West Coast Hockey Association, WCHA, the ECAC, things like that. Those are conferences that people who follow college sports and and pay attention to hockey understand that those are the conferences they play in. And lacrosse and soccer also have their own conferences, not necessarily mirroring football and basketball. So you 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 just have to get together and say. And part of it, I guess, this is this is new for a lot of rugby people and a lot of people in your situation where you're, you know, you got a day job, you got a family, you're 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 coaching rugby because you love it, and then you have to sit there and start talking about branding and marketing, which is yeah, <laughs> which is difficult, right? <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's, it's, a, it's another thing for you to be concerned is. about, right? Uh, well, yeah, um, just as it pertains to you, two quick ones. Sure. Is there a, do we have a MAC rugby conference that's been talked about, or do we have a Big Ten rugby conference that's been talked about? Uh, we've talked about it. I, I don't know about the uh, Big Ten. Uh, we, we've heard rumors that there has been talk about it, uh, but uh, we, you know, um, as far as we know, it's not something that's going to go off. At least not in 15s. Now in sevens, that's a little different story. Um, from what I hear, there there is some talk about that, and I, I don't really know where that uh, where that you know where that uh, issue is uh, at right now. Um, but as far as the teams, uh, uh, I have not heard anything um, on the MAC end uh, for the 15s. Uh, it, it would be it kind of goes right into um, there's some pretty strong teams in the, you know that are from the original MAC conference and us in Miami. Um, but then, unfortunately, there are also some teams that are, you know, struggling right now in the in division, two, even in division two. Um, so I don't know if that's really a legitimate, uh, you know, option for us, uh, you know, going forward. Um, where I would, and you guys had mentioned hockey, uh, you know, I think that's more the model that I would, I would probably go down where, uh, you know, our University is in the CCHA, which includes Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. Um, you know, they're, they're, you know, obviously it goes all the way up to Alaska, which we're not going to do. But uh, you know, it, it it's a composite of a lot of conferences uh, that you know some teams do play hockey, some teams don't. Okay, well we'll bring them all together. We'll call it this uh, this conference, and uh, and I think that's probably the model that we would go after. Uh, you know, with us and Miami, obviously, you know, being from the MAC and Ohio State and Michigan and, and and some of those schools, and then you also throw in the you know you throw in the small schools like Davenport, who you know uh, is doing very well right now. So I, I think that's going to be uh, at least from my end, from what I see, I think that's going to be the solution, at least the D1. Um, you know, what, whatever happens with the, uh, you know, the premier, uh, premier division is going to be, affect that as well as in terms of, well, if we go play in it, what, what does that do, uh, for the league? Uh, you know, if Ohio State comes back, if, you know, either of those teams come back, uh, you know, what, what does that do? And certainly not saying that they're going to by any means, but, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think there's, it's, all, it's going to be a pretty interesting transition, um, from, for all of us, uh, and, and uh, we're going to have to fight through it. Uh, we're going to have to, you know, you know, because this is kind of what we, you know, to a certain extent, when uh, all this was going on last year with the, uh, you know, the argument, you know, the USC, uh, USACH, or, or I can't remember what the acronym was, but, uh, um, but uh, when we were trying to, you know, trying to decide what what college rugby was going to be about, this is kind of what we were looking at. And we have to say, okay, well, now we've kind of got it a little bit where we want it. We need to make sure that it uh, that it's successful. And I think you know, if we go a lot of what the route uh, similar to the uh, the Atlantic Coast League, uh, which has done extremely well, uh, I think there's some really good potential there. Um, you know, obviously getting the sponsorship with Adidas, um, the way they've promoted it, the way that they've uh, you know they've got their own website uh, that updates immediately um those are the little things that you know when you do that it makes it really easy for a conference to be organized it makes it really easy for a conference to be recognized uh tony um one, one more question before we let you go i know you, you got to get to rugby practice soon we do appreciate you taking the time uh looking sure. looking ahead to the playoffs uh, and and sort of bringing in some of this big picture stuff i'm interested to to hear who you think uh, is 
uh, is going to be a, a big challenge in the playoffs. He's going to contend for a national title. But also, the, the, there are two names that come to my mind which are not necessarily traditional uh, sports that uh, – sorry, t- traditional college programs that uh, we think of as being you know, national powers in, in the sporting world. And but they've they've hooked on something with regard to rugby and they've gotten some administrative support in terms of the rugby. And I think for some schools, that's the way to go. We're still seeing big name schools in Division One and there's ones of people, oh, you know, anybody who follows college sports will say, OK, yeah, sure. I'm not surprised they're they're doing well. But there are other ones. And you mentioned one of them already that uh, are sort of coming out from a slightly different direction, but because they've got. They've identified rugby as a sport that people can get behind. They could do a lot of good things. So I'm curious to find out who who you've got circled as uh, as a contender. You know, in our division, uh, you know, and, and I don't know much about Temple. I know they certainly did very well in Division Two last year. Uh, I also know that they're missing one of the better players. So that will be an interesting. You know, and that that is who you know uh, they are in the lead right now in their conference. Um, and that would be who we would play. So, uh, you know, not trying to look too too far past them. Uh, you know, the Atlantic Coast League and the uh, Florida, or sorry, the South uh, Division One Conference, which is which I believe is still down to uh, Florida and Florida State. Um, you know, and, and I was I have to say I'm uh, pleasantly surprised uh, with uh, North Carolina doing so well. Um, you know, those two are; those would be pretty interesting matchups, considering they play each other, uh, and they're in our uh, at our site uh, this year. Um, and then going out to the, um, I guess they call it the mid the Midwest the Midwest uh, regional um, with uh, Minnesota uh, did extremely well beating Wisconsin this year, uh, considering they haven't done. Uh, that in a couple ma- uh, a couple matchups uh, or a couple games, I'm sorry, in the last uh, year or two, uh, they did extremely well to uh, to beat them in the championship, especially in Wisconsin. So they're going to be somebody to look at. But then uh, then you got Davenport, which is just sitting there. They pushed us all over the field uh, twice, uh, had us down in in the first half in our in our first game. Um, they they're extremely talented. They've got uh, obviously a very good fly half uh, in Eloff. Uh, and, and he was unfortunately he unfortunately missed the uh, championship game against us, uh, and I know that might that could have made a big difference. But uh, you know they, they're they're definitely going to be the team that I think everyone is going to be looking out for. Um, you know, did Davenport make it to the Final Four? What's you know who who are they going to be right. matched up against? Yeah. Um, and and uh, there is something to be said about a varsity program uh it it makes a big difference it makes a difference on campus uh you know if you go to the website they are the number one sport on campus uh at, at their school um their games get about from what i hear somewhere in the neighborhood of about thousand to two thousand people a game uh the school isn't that big so that's probably a lot of people on campus so they've got a really good uh setup going for them and i think uh uh, with some momentum, they can, you know, they just played Notre Dame and, and beat them. And obviously Notre Dame's a pretty decent team with what happened at LSU. So they've got some momentum going into this, uh, this championship and, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, they're going to have, obviously have the tough go, uh, with Minnesota right off the bat, I believe. You know, if they get through Minnesota, it'll be, uh, I think they'll have a good, pretty good shot at being out there in Stanford, uh, you know, in the middle of May. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll, I did have to look at the brackets. I don't know if we play them in the finals or the semifinals if we make it out there. But uh, yeah, three three times in a year is uh, is a tough uh, tough road to play against a really good team like that. Uh, so we'll you know we'll be looking out, but uh, I think we'll be focusing on uh, what happens in our end, and uh, we'll we'll worry about uh, California uh, you know a couple weeks later. All right. I, the the one the one I, other one I was thinking of was uh, UC Santa Barbara, who have their academy sure. system, and 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 they're also. But certainly Davenport, I think everybody is is looking to see how they go. And uh, um, JP Eloff and uh, Rocco Mauer, they may both be having a, a playing together with an eagle on their chest at some point. Uh, it, it it could certainly happen. Yeah, I think that would be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, Tony Mazzarella, head coach of uh, Bowling Green University. Uh, we really appreciate the time and uh, and the insight, and uh, thanks a lot for uh, visiting with us. 
All right. Thank you, guys. Okay. Well, that was a really good interview and visit with uh, Tony Mazzarella. And I think, uh, you know, what interested me, Pat, was that he spelled out the decision-making process in terms of, of not going into the college premier division. And it's not just saying, oh, it's just about money. It's about money because of this, because they had to travel further. He also talked about uh, something that we don't really talk about that much now when we talk about travel and rugby. But if you you know going in a day early, giving your your athletes a chance to prepare for that match, not just running off the bus. How many how many of us have jumped out of a van or jumped off of a bus and, and pretty much been told you've got five minutes to get ready and play, which stinks. That's not, that's not what everybody does all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And we want to avoid that. And on the other side, one of the things he didn't really – he sort of hinted at, but there's an academic side to it as well. And if you're asking uh, – you know, they, I, I guess he, other people say, well, they, these are obstacles. Figure out a way to get uh, over them. He said, well, they, did, they didn't feel like they could, so they didn't. And maybe next time they can. So I, I, it'll be interesting to see how they handle it and and also whether other – Colleges drop out of the CPD, come back into Division One, making things more complicated again. Right. Yeah. The, the the process he was talking about, he went through and the little checklist he had, and this is going to cost this, and these are what we were weighing. And, you know, there's going to be probably more than half the league doing that exact same evaluation uh, at the end of the season, and and some of them maybe uh, didn't do the correct calculations with their budgets and are looking to be over budget. You know, every, there's going to be a lot of evaluating and weighing for a lot of these teams coming. Uh, out of this once the season's over. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, who wants to come back and who doesn't. And, yeah. Uh, that will determine a lot of things around the country, I'm and, sure. And I think that, you know, maybe Bowling Green did it beforehand where perhaps one or two programs didn't quite sit down and map it out beforehand. They just said automatically yes. I'm not saying that everybody did that. I'm not saying even more than a couple, but I'm, I would imagine one or two might have been, might be looking at this, the entire situation and thinking, hmm, yeah, I don't know if we should have thought this through. Uh, we've had we've had Bowling Green uh, number one pretty much the entire season. They're the entire already, season. Yeah, the yeah. entire season. We haven't moved them, have we? And uh, um, we got Davenport moving up to number two. They just shellacked the Grand Rapids Men's Club this this past weekend. They are very very good, and it's the same old thing, right? We we know this from the high school level all the way up to the international level that if you practice every day. And you you train in a professional manner. You have some kind of professional setup, even if people aren't being paid. You get better much faster. And Davenport, I, I, they're they're outstanding. They've got great coaching. And I know J.P. Eloff, uh, Phil Eloff's little brother, is an outstanding talent, and he's from South Africa. But you look at uh, you look at everybody else on that team, and just about everybody else on that team is from Michigan. Right, that's great to see. Yeah. You know, they kind of remind me of a mini Arkansas State, and you bring up a South Africa thing, but you know, they probably don't have as many South Africans uh, as you say. But I think that the way the model they have, their their varsity, um, I'm not sure we could classify Arkansas State as fully varsity, but no. the professional environment they have, and and the model they're using, and they're starting off in D2 and doing well in D2, just as Arkansas State did. <laughs> Three, four, five years, they could be top five in the country if they stick with it and, and continue to improve incrementally um, and they could be a college premier division team pretty easily I think I think they they can and I also think that they've got the right people in coaching because they've got people who who are taking it seriously Kruger van Billion and, and Philly Loff helping uh, it's, they really have the right people coaching and I'm not saying the people who were coaching before were not the right people because uh, um, Justin Hickey has gone down uh, from Davenport down to Clemson, and he's straightening out Clemson quite nicely there too. So um, that's that's an important part of it. Uh, I I do think UC Santa Barbara has a really good shot in these Division One playoffs. I think they're very good. Uh, Davenport is in the opposite bracket from Bowling Green. We could very much and and Santa Barbara's in the in the same half of the bracket as Bowling Green. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm picking Bowling Green and and Santa Barbara to be in the semifinals. Uh, although, you know, obviously there's some other people who've got thoughts like Oregon State and uh, and uh, Stanford and uh, was it Northern Colorado. All those teams got uh, other thoughts too. But I kind of like that 
matchup. And Davenport actually looks really good to get into the semifinals. And that opposite bracket, which we all we know all four teams: Northeastern, Harvard, Southern Connecticut, Buffalo. I I I don't know. I don't know who's going to be in there. Yeah, it's, it, there's a lot of unknowns yet. Still, I mean, look at I mean, Northern Colorado is a very very good Division two program. They stepped up to D1. How good are they? We'll find out pretty quickly against Stanford, I think. But then again, how good is Stanford? How how much better have they gotten this year under Matt Sherman than they were, say, last year or the year before? Um, there's still a lot of un- – in yeah. North Carolina, uh, they're undefeated. Nobody expects them to be there at this point. Or, you know, We don't know what they've got. Um, I might get beat up around my area saying Kansas State. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't think it has the firepower to go to the semifinals or the Final Four or anything like that. But – yeah, Davenport, Minnesota has got to win that region. Whoever wins that game is going yeah. to win that region. And I, yeah, I, I think Kansas State can win their first their first round game. They Certainly, can, but but the second round that's going to be tough. Um, I think some good players. Joe Agostino is one of the best fly halves probably in Division Two. He's yeah. uh, they got a couple West Sevens uh, uh, All Stars and some very good firepower. I don't know if one through fifteen they've got they've got enough firepower though to, to beat Davenport, Minnesota. Though. Yeah. I think it's interesting also that uh, we see a couple of the question mark teams that got invited to the Collegiate Sevens, CRC, uh, two of them, Temple and North Carolina, are actually doing very well for themselves so far this season. Still got some games. Temple doing it without Gareth Jones, and they'll have Gareth for the CRC. That's right. That's good. Good. uh, Going back to our our other favorite uh, acronym, the CPD, the College Premier Division, uh, had had an you know another exciting round. I was very very interested because we we went uh, in grand detail about how tough the Rugby East was, and then the Rugby East comes out and gives us exactly what we kind of had been expecting. Cutstown leads twenty seven ten at halftime, and Army comes back and beats them thirty three twenty seven. Penn State beats Dartmouth by three points. Navy wins easily over Rutgers. We kind of figured that might happen, but um, a lot of a lot of complimentary things said about Rutgers at the moment. So, Rugby East has three teams at two and zero: Navy, Army, and Penn State, and Delaware at two and one. Still uh, completely up in the air, as far as I'm concerned, on that. Absolutely, that's one that could come down to you know bonus points here or there. I mean that one's that one's so close that a lot of teams are going to have losses and losses to different to each other. It's going to be a very close close league. Yeah, absolutely. And you know Dartmouth got a bonus point in a loss this weekend, so they're one and one. They're really not, they're not out of it. Cuts down, cuts cuts down has three bonus, but they're zero and two and they've got three points. Right. So that's almost a win. Right, and none of their losses are lead you to believe they can't beat everybody that they've got left. That's right, exactly. Uh, you know, look, looking at the other uh, conferences to see, uh, you know, what went on. We actually didn't really do an awful lot of reporting on Arkansas State uh, and and their victory over Oklahoma because it was just sort of it was so totally expected. <laughs> and and I, I feel I feel bad. I'm gonna we're gonna do a little bit more on that, but uh, um, that was just sort of. You know, ho hum. We kind of knew that was going to happen, and I guess life. Yeah, go ahead. I, I think the story there is is Oklahoma without Kelton Miller, without Taylor Mokate, mm-hmm. actually holding Arkansas State to what I think is a fairly respectable score. Um, and it wasn't bad at halftime either. I want to say, you know, what was it, seventeen twenty-one to nothing at halftime? It was a pretty close halftime score. Um, I wish I had that exact number, but I don't. But you know, they're without two of their best playmakers. You know, one of the best players in the country, if not the best player in the country. And they still put up that respectable score, in my opinion, at least a respectable score, seeing what Arkansas State has done to, uh, to everybody else they've played so far. But I think, you know, I'm a little bit impressed with with, with Oklahoma there. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a very good point. The halftime score was 17-3. So you got 17-3. it. 17-3. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that 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 is a very good point, especially on the the, the issue that we've got the, the middling teams who usually do have one or two really great players, they lose those players. If they still, um, they still step up. I think that's, that, that's, that's this kind of stuff that just makes rugby really fun and it makes rugby really great. And I, I remember when coaching where we'd be going somewhere and we, you know, we, we, we were without our number eight and our fly half or whatever. And I just said, look, you know, I, I tell the other players, you will remember this day more than any of the other ones. 
because you're going to do something special or something you didn't expect to do today because there's no one else to do it. And I, I really I, – I love those feelings. I lo- that kind of stuff is, is – you know, you think the majestic music and the, and, you know, the, the, the movie climax. That, 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 I, I get sappy about that kind of thing, but I think it's, it's pretty cool. If, if, I hope they do feel proud about that and say, look, you know what? We, 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 didn't, we didn't get demolished, and, and we could have because teams are getting demolished. Um, you know, I, I, I feel for Colorado State. They lost 99 nothing to BYU. Uh, they, they were absolutely crushed in that first half. It was 61 nothing. There's not much you can say. I don't think they're a bad team, but they looks like, and this is what Bruce said the other week, that they, they, they look like good, young college athletes, and BYU look like men. Now, I know that right. a lot of the guys on the BYU program are – are older, are, yeah, they're older than the average player. They've gone on mission, um, but you know Ryan Roundy is a college age kid, and he's just crushing people. So it's it's not just that a, a, a couple of them, you know, a few of them are 24. It's also the fact that they have a strength and you know a strength and conditioning program. Being a club sport at BYU is not the same as being a club sport at a lot of other places. They only have something like five club sports. What a what a club sport is is a sub varsity funded intercollegiate program, right? Which is what BYU is so yeah. impressive. I think they deserve to be at our number one spot. And I'm I you know when you put them there, let, let me be honest, I was a little bit suspect. Of that, <laughs> but yeah, I tell you what, I'm not anymore. You know BYU and Cal is going to be if they meet in the final or wherever they meet is going to be one hell of a match. It's going to be two giants running into each other. But one thing that I want to clear up, and I, you know, maybe it's been talked about before. Everybody has the same opinion, but you know, people look at these scores, the 99 nothings or whatnot that we have, and they look really, really ugly. Especially to the outsider, you say, well, how does the scoring work? Well, kind of like football. But unlike football, there are no downs. You can't just run the ball. You have to continue to play. You can't. All right, Ryan, when you get to the 22 meter, if it looks like you're about to score, you know, just turn around and run backwards. You can't do that. Yeah, no, you can't. Uh, you can't stack the box in these things. So. These, you know, 99 nothing beat down to me. When you watch that, you see him contesting at the ruck. It's not, it's not the same as, uh, you know, a 60 or 70 point win in Division One football, which happened, by the way. So I, and, and some people have looked at these big scores and pointed as to, well, this is what's wrong with the college premier division. Maybe these top teams need to go play in the Super League or some other. Maybe they need to be playing Tonga and Samoa. But <laughs> you know, some of these beatdowns, they're just that's the nature of rugby. That when you're that much better than somebody, it's impossible to not score. Right. You identify a weakness. There's nothing that can stop you from continuing to probe that weakness because after you score, you get the ball back. I just want to put the message out there that a 100-point loss in rugby, equate that to not a 100-point loss in football. Equate that to a 40- to 50-point loss in football. Yeah, and that happens all the time. Coming up this weekend, we have another slate of games interested in see what's going on. Again, Rugby East, wow, look at this. Dartmouth at Army. Again, Dar- Dartmouth has uh, is one and one, but a very you know a, a very good one and one. Army. I said I wasn't sold on Army. I'm still not sold on Army. They were down twenty seven ten against Kutztown. Right. Ohio State at Kutztown. Yeah, you know who knows. And Penn State at Navy. Wow. And Navy's a big one. I think yeah. we're going to find out when you know Navy's not gotten a chance to to prove to anybody what they are yet. And uh, I think if Penn State wins that one, that's a huge message. And uh, if Navy wins it, they're right, you know, they're right in the ship as well. Absolutely. Then hold on to your hats, right? Go down to Jonesboro, life at Arkansas State. Well, that's that's not just the game of the of the week. That's the game of the year because nobody knows exactly what life is yet. Mm-hmm. We think we know that they're pretty darn good, but now they get to go somebody and play somebody that we know is really good. So let's see how this shakes out, and that's the game of the year. I mean, as soon as the schedule came out, this is the one I circled saying, hey, you know, how do I get to Jonesboro that weekend? That is really just an outstanding game. Uh, it, you're right. The The thing about life is you know, it's it's not been too hard for them yet. This is this is a tough travel game for them. It's tough. It's tough to travel to Jonesboro. It's very difficult to play that away game, and uh, you know life has been impressive. They they're exactly they're disciplined. They they play the same way at 79 minutes that they do at minute number two. Arkansas State is the same way. They're both really well coached, both by former U.S. international flankers. 
ah, it's great. It's just going to be really good. And and I and I think I think we should everyone should want to know what's happening in that game. Now, the the other thing is somebody will say, well, this is actually Transvaal versus Northern Free State. There are a lot of South African players on both teams. And the reason that is is because Arkansas State is funded by their international studies program. Their Arkansas State's rugby program has brought in international students and that's why they looked around and saw that that it was the rugby program that was actually paying for itself through bringing new students to the school. So that's why you get a lot of international students at Arkansas State. Life University, um well it's it's a they've got their sports science programs. They've done a lot of recruiting partly through uh you know through di- different channels, but at the same time who who are the best players on life? They're American. They're, they're Coach American. Carriaga, Garrett Lambert, Game Dolan. They're all American. Yeah, they're all American. That's right. Yeah, uh, this game is yeah. extremely exciting to me. You know, you can list the name, the great names on, on on both sides. Life does a great job of getting out. You know, getting their forwards um, and their great running forwards like like Dolan and like Lambert out into the back line. Uh, Paris Hollis is, is a prop that I was very impressed with. This guy runs like a like a flanker, and uh, they're very good out there. But do they have the back line to compete with the Arkansas State back line that's as good as anybody else's in the country? I think that's where this game can be won or lost is, is, is can Lice back line step up and play with Arkansas State? Because I think the packs are going to be, um, and I don't want to say even here, but they're going to be pretty darn close to even. They're going to be battling. Good. The Those, those are the, the ones that really jump out at me. The other one, the other game that comes jumps out at me is Arizona at Utah, and the basic one there is that I think if Utah wins this game, they've got a playoff spot sewn up. Because Utah, oh, absolutely, they, they they have such a hard start to this season. They go BYU, Arizona State on the road, and then Arizona. They come out of that two and one. They're, they're in great shape. Yeah, they can write their ticket. They can write their own check at that point, straight to the to the playoffs if if Arizona is able to upset them, which is a big if. They'll, they'll again be without Peter Tiberio. Um, uh, it's a big if, but if they can, then you look at a possibility of a three-way tie there and, and point differentials and bonus points and all that will come into play, which will be very, very interesting and make for a great race. It would be nice to have uh, that happen, but, you know, Utah is Utah, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think I, I, we don't know exactly who's available on that one for Utah, but they've got an outstanding team and they're playing at home. But one note on Peter Tiberio: one little play I saw him play uh, for the USA Sevens team against Tonga, and the Tongan player had him lined up and flew right into his hip, and Tiberio, who is not very big at all, just just stood there and the guy just bounced right off him. Mm-hmm. And I was I was just enormously impressed with that. I didn't realize didn't realize he was that strong. But he was very strong in the tackle, and then he helped set up the the winning try right after that. So uh, um, he's he's a good player. He's a player to watch. Talking about when we talked a little bit about Garrett Jones, and he'll be available for the CRC. And then you add in the fact that Tiberia will be healthy and playing for Arizona this year. The CRC is going to be extremely talented. And you add in Taylor Mokate. I mean, there's going to be some serious Eagle talent on the field this year. That probably more so than last year. Yeah, I think so. And you know, a couple of football players coming mm-hmm. in, and and uh, you know, uh, it's it's going to be very good. Um, so that that pretty much wraps up what we see on the C, the the college premier division. Uh, St. Mary's at Cal Poly. Well, Tim O'Brien at St. Mary's wanted to make me think that that was going to be a very difficult game for them. I think it will be a physical game for them, but I, I I'm still not sold on Cal Poly's uh, ability to to you know play a continuity game and also to defend out wide and that's the thing St. Mary's they've been <laughs> they they're very good at this but they've been talking about their forwards all season they have a great forward pack so you know what's going to beat Cal Poly their backs are going to run all over I thought St. Mary's just put out two scrums I didn't know that they had backs <laughs> Well they they can run and I think they'll be able to run on them uh Central Washington plays UC Davis. I think Central Washington's favorite there. Cal plays UCLA and Claremont Colleges, um, not at the same time, but uh, they they'll run out pretty much separate 15s for that, and are heavily favored. BYU hosts Wyoming, and um, uh, in, 
as much as I like how hard working those Wyoming kids are, and I have a lot of respect for Rich Cortez, I think I think the goal there, as the goal has been for everybody else who's been playing BYU, is to keep them in double figures. And BYU puts out their best side, their best 15. This will be the most lopsided loss of the season. Okay. Could be. Uh, Colorado State hosts Arizona State. I think Arizona State is favored there and will want to. I mean, they, they have an outside chance still at, uh, at, a, at a playoff spot, but they do need Arizona to beat Utah for that to happen. Uh, Air Force at Colorado. Um, that is actually kind of that's a pick game. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one to pick. And, and A&M at Notre Dame and Tennessee at Oklahoma, those are both also tough ones to pick. Yeah, I think these are both the tough ones to pick. Um, Tennessee, Oklahoma, once again, they'll be without Kel Miller. They'll be without um, Taylor Mokate, but they're still a tough squad. And A&M at Notre Dame, if Notre Dame <laughs> wants to send an even bigger message, beat yeah. Texas A&M. And Texas A&M, I'll tell you right now, is not – they're tired of losing. So they're going to be playing a very angry Aggie squad that is very, very eager to win. And they travel well. Talk about a team that travels well. I ran into them in the airport in Atlanta, and those guys – if they can fly, they're going to do it, and um, and and they're very organized when they travel, and and they're not going to be weary just because they're on the road. That's going to be a good one right there. That's good. They were they were not happy with their performance against Tennessee. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So all right, well we we look at that, and and finally Division Two. We do have uh, the the Division Two playoff matchups are starting to come together, and. Uh, Pat, we had a few uh, important games that, that decided some things for us. Yeah, we had three territorial champions uh, crowned this last weekend. Um, St. Louis University uh, slew. They they slid in and won the West um, for the second year in a row. Uh, last year they they were the they were the closest game for for Claremont College the entire playoffs except for the final, I believe, against Temple. Um, so SLU kind of had a tough draw last year. And I think they'll probably get a tough draw again this year against the Pacific Coast number two. But SLU is a very, very good team. And, uh, you know, they've got a a center there that is from the Denver area that went and has trained with the, the London Wasps over the last two summers. And he's a very, very good player. And they've got a, a very well-drilled back line and uh, a lot of experience uh, there. And they, they won the West this last weekend. Um, set out of the West was Rice. Um, and Rice he won out of Texas. Um, they won their way into the into the final by playing Colorado College. Them and Colorado College are two teams that, you know, the teams that had won the league the year before departed and went to the D1. But I think Rice represented themselves well um, and showed that they would have had a, a real chance where they are now, even if the new D1 didn't suck up a lot of the, the D2 talent. Um, and then moving on, uh, the Marfu, uh, the Mid-Atlantic was also uh, – Wrapped up this uh, this week with Salisbury winning extremely impressively, putting over 60 points um, on St. Joe's in the Mid Atlantic final. On a on a, uh, on a good St. Joe's team. They, uh, yeah, they good St. Joe's just, team. Yeah, they basically destroyed a, a good St. Joe's team. That's uh... the, the 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 story there. What I got was you know St. Joe's <laughs> will be daring to run from anywhere, and a lot of times that's a compliment. Oh, they'll run from anywhere. They'll risk to run from anywhere. Well, you also are risking uh, losing the ball in their own territory and, and getting scored on, which is what happened with them and Salisbury. But Salisbury, um, very dangerous. Anytime you put that kind of hurting on a, on a very good team, you're, you're going to scare people. Um, and then also uh, coming out this weekend was the South. Uh, University of South Florida won the South. They beat ECU, uh, East Carolina, in a, in a rematch, the 2009 South final. Um, and, and USF, undefeated in Division Two this year, uh, challenge Florida and Florida State in the fall like they did last year, and they uh, they're, they're going to be a legit team to mess with. So we've got almost all the matchups. Everybody but SoCal and, and Pacific Coast are done playing, and now just getting ready for the playoffs. and And it looks pretty interesting. And I think there's, right. if I have to look at my list of of, of contenders, uh, Salisbury, um, uh, South Florida, uh, Middlebury. And UW Whitewater, which UW Whitewater has been—they haven't been playing in the league for a while. So some people might be forgetting about them, but they put a 50-point beating uh, on uh, Truman State, a, a, a solid Division One side that just put a 40-point beating on uh, on uh, Nebraska this last weekend. So UW Whitewater is not a team to mess around with. Yeah, I, I I don't have any problem with any of those picks. I, you know, the coming out of the Pacific Coast. Um, Idaho won the Pacific Northwest this past weekend, and they'll be challenging along with I think it's Cal Maritime. Cal Maritime, uh, yeah. Sierra, and, yep. and Utah Valley. Yeah, and Utah Valley has been a team. Utah Valley has has made it to the final, 
and I think that uh, depending on on who they've got and whether they can get over the hump, they do have the 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 talent often, and and they're usually big and big and pretty scary up front. Um, but I saw them down in Vegas, and they're 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 a darn good squad. Yes, and and uh, but I. Well, first of all, I, I really think it's going to be Middlebury against Salisbury in the semifinal on the on, on the one semifinal. I I know he got South Florida there, but I just think that those two teams, Middlebury is just very very smart, uh, uh, tactically intelligent team, and uh, and you know oddly, both Middlebury and Salisbury tend to field teams where if you if you didn't see any numbers on their backs, you wouldn't know who played what position. And that they're just—it's just an even-handed, and and I kind of picture that as as your your quintessential Division Two teams, the teams that 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 have that kind of even-handed talent. And there's not there's not one guy who's a speed burner. There's not one guy who's an enormous uh, forward that you're just popping the ball to. It's it's an it's an it's a team. It's a team of 15 guys, and you could feel like their second row could probably play scrum half if you needed them to. And I love I, I really think you know Salisbury certainly sent a message, but um with all with all due respect to the guys from the Pacific Coast, um, even Utah Valley or Southern California or the West, Whitewater has just been blowing people away. Yeah, they absolutely have. Yeah, I like Whitewater a lot. And one of the teams on the Pacific Coast that we didn't talk about a lot there was Cal Maritime, and I like Cal yeah. Maritime an awful lot as well. And they beat UC Davis, the college from your division team. You know, anytime a D2 team goes up and snipes a CBD team, even if it's a weak one, that's pretty impressive. And Cal Maritime's been very good, and they play in a very good league. So they'll be, they'll be, if healthy, they'll be very primed to, to, to do well in the playoffs. And that is a, uh, that's also a, a varsity program. Now on the women's side, we had we had a few champions come through. Uh, the 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 one that everybody's got to circle is Shippensburg, won the Mid Atlantic, and again they. They looked very impressive. They really weren't tested all that much, were they? Right. Um, you know, Scott Stratton, our coach, would uh, like to tell you otherwise, but they looked the entire <laughs> way in that final. And, and uh, you know, when you when you put a goose egg up in a final, that's always that's always pretty yeah. telling is, is how good they are. I think that the the interesting thing there is com- coming out of the Pacific Coast because Washington State are are the defending champions, but they actually are not the best team coming out of their region because Western Washington has surpassed them a little bit. Western Washington uh, is, is, is I think we've ranked them number one. I think we've got them ranked number one at the moment. So they've got a very good shot of winning the Pacific Coast, but not a, not a, a perfect one because there are also teams coming out of, of Utah, North Carolina, uh, Northern California, uh, like Santa Clara, uh, Santa Cruz, th- those teams, all very good. So whoever deals with any of the teams from the Pacific Coast has got to be careful. And Shippensburg has the Pacific Coast number three, and the, that could be that could be a, a stumbling block right out of the gate for them. But I think it's probably going to be Shippensburg against Western Washington in the semifinals on that. And then on the other side, um, Norwich. Norwich looks very strong, and uh, it, it's going to be an interesting question about who comes out of the other bracket on on the on the uh, on that side. Probably, possibly the Pacific Coast number two, uh, but I, I would actually look at Winona State from the Midwest, I, from from uh, Minnesota. I think uh, the Minnesota team is uh, uh, very strong, and uh, you know usually that region produces some excellent teams. Some very Sarah good John, sport. Sarah John, USA Rugby uh, staffer, wasn't she? A, she's a Minnesota State grad, right? Minnota she State grad. That's right. Well, let's see if she's on the sidelines cheering them on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, but I, I would, I would think that Norwich probably has a really good shot on that one. I, you know, who's going to be there? Your guess is as good as mine. But uh, the teams I'm rooting for are George Washington and Mary Washington. The name, you know, Mary Washington, named after George Washington's mother. I want to see the mother-son matchup in the national final. And even though they're <laughs> on the opposite sides of the bracket, maybe we can. That would be great. Well, that would be an awesome thing. Or then, of course, you could also have Mary Washington against Western Washington. I don't know if Western. Right, that'd be a lot of fun too. Was that a, was that a relative? I don't know. Well, <laughs> well, I think that wraps it up. We have covered everything from Division One to Division Two to the College Premier Division. Uh, we missed. Uh, we, 
we miss Bruce McLean because, uh, uh, as I said, he's off on his uh, day job, and uh, and that's very sad because uh, we like having him there because not not enough people are telling me I'm, I don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, Pat Cliff, <laughs> uh, and we will be uh, seeing you out with the fight song from Penn State University, which edged Dartmouth 22-19 this past weekend in the College Premier Division. And for Pat Clifton, this is Alex Goff from RugbyMag.com saying thanks for listening to Rugga Matrix America's College Edition. <laughs>